Well, welcome to Church Project. We're, we're glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest, uh, yeah, it's just we just do things a little different. I mean, we're a church. We're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and, and we want to live that out together. And we're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. And so that's why we call ourselves Church Project. Um, and if you came last week, um, no one was here because we had a barbecue. And if you went to the barbecue, you got soaking wet. Um, and you also witnessed an old man win spike ball. Where's that? Where's that? Okay, I'm joking. I won't mess with you. But we had a great time at the barbecue. A month ago, we went to Mosaic Church and, and we met them, their ecclesia and our ecclesia coming together, two congregations. That was awesome. Um, those are great, like awesome. I'm really excited for what we're doing this next month, June, July, August. So August, I don't remember what day it is, but one day in August, the last Sunday, you're going to show up. There's going to be no chairs. There's just going to be straw bales. By the way, we need to find some if anyone knows where to find straw. Um, and there's going to be a square dance collar, and we're going to have a little whatever you want to call that. Like that's going to be a fun Sunday. So you guys ready for that? Get your, get your cowboy's boots out, polish them up. Slide around, whatever you need to do, but I'm excited for that. Um, hey, you can go right now, if the internet's working, you can go on your phone and go to Uversion. It's a free Bible app. I would encourage you, if you don't have that, download it to your phone. And then just search events, because right now our notes are on that Uversion app. And so download those, because that's usually what you would take to house church to talk about. Like, today's a great monologue, and I'm just talking. Welcome. But, but Wednesdays, not in July, but Wednesdays during house church and Tuesdays is when we have the dialogue. That's when scripture is really lived out. So I'd encourage you to download that app, download the notes, and it's a great way to study beyond just today. So welcome to Church Project. Um, we have been going through the book of Acts, and we've been in it just over a year and a half. So we're in Acts chapter 16. Verses 1 through 5 is what we're covering today. So if you have your app, open that up. If you have a Bible, open that up. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and we'll have someone bring you a Bible and that's our gift to you. But we're going to look at Acts chapter 16. Grandpa needs a Bible up here. Thanks, John. Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5 is what we're going to look at today. Oh, you got three Bibles coming at you. That's, (laughs) well, don't say you want a Bible in church, huh? Okay. Um, So we're going to look at five verses today because one of the things that we do at Church Project is we go expository. We go verse by verse and we work through it because context is key. You can jump into scripture anywhere and without knowing what happened before and what happened after, um, it's easy to take scripture out of place and make it say what you want to say. And so one of the things that we really appreciate is going just right through this whole story. So if you've been with us for a year and a half, it's been 16 chapters leading up to today in these five verses. Let me talk about or read these five verses for us, and then I, I think God's got some really cool stuff to show us today. So you ready? Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Verse 4, As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, 
and grew daily in numbers. If you're not familiar with the story and what's happening right now, what happened is Paul just came back with Barnabas from what they call the council in Jerusalem. And the council in Jerusalem was, as this gospel message was a Jewish message, God said earlier on, and you can look in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, is pretty much the whole book of Acts summarized, okay? That this message is going to go beyond the Jewish people. It's going to go to Gentiles. It's going to go to the ends of the earth. It's going to find its way to Evans and Windsor and Greeley. Like this message isn't just for a certain people in a certain location. Well, the problem is, a religion that was coming up in Jewish customs had a lot of customs and a lot of rules and a lot of things that you needed to follow and do. And so as this new message comes about and as the Holy Spirit is given um, and as Jesus uh, is, you know, he's, he's buried and he resurrects and goes to heaven, the Holy Spirit is given to the church and this message starts going not only to Jewish people but to the Gentile people. And as the Jewish people saw this starting to happen, some of them were very happy that this was happening. Others were like, no, they've got, to do, they've got to follow the way it is. Like they have to get circumcised. They have to eat these certain foods. They have to do this and this and this. And Paul and Barnabas just came back from what was a huge victory for all of us. And the victory for all of us was the church decided that, no, this message is about Jesus, his love, his grace, and all these other rules, all these other things that are happening over here, those are not necessary. You don't have to get circumcised. You don't have to do this. It's about accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, and then the Gentile people are now brought into this faith. Well, why is that good for us? Well, most of us are probably not Jewish. Most of us are grafted in, and we're all adopted into the family of God. Amen. This is a beautiful victory. And so as they leave Jerusalem, they start going what's called the second missionary journey. And this is the second missionary journey. If you would, do we have the, the map for that? So just so you know, over on, on this side, it kind of goes down like this. I should have put a bigger map up. I'm sorry. But you see Jerusalem over here, and it, it kind of wraps around. And so it starts. They're going up right now, and they're going to make their way all the way up into Macedonia. And this is the second missionary journey, and it starts right now in Acts chapter 16. We just had a big fight, if you want to look a few verses ago. And two apostles went two different directions, and now the second missionary journey starts splitting in two different directions. So if you didn't listen to the message two weeks ago about conflict, maybe you should go listen to that message. Because it's odd how God can even use conflict to accomplish the things he wants to accomplish in our lives. So let's look at, at these verses right here. What had just previously happened is Paul and Barnabas had just got back and they had just finished preaching freedom for the Gentiles from Jewish customs. That's what the whole battle was about. That's where the victory came from. And then we get to these five verses and what's the first thing that jumped out to you as we read through them? Like, let's read it again. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived whose mother was a Jewish and a, was Jewish and a believer whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along the journey so he circumcised him before because he, of the Jews who lived in that area for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Did you catch that? No. Well, I read it. So we got it now. It's awesome. Like, wasn't the battle just one, that you don't have to get circumcised? 
So why on the second journey, as it just kicks off, as it just starts off, the first thing Paul does is he what? He goes and has him circumcised. I want to point out a couple things. This is way cool. I'm sorry. I'm going to nerd out a little bit. Is that all right? Timothy was a Jew, says. Because the birth, the nationality came through the mother. And that's the custom. Partly because you can really tell who your mother is. Sometimes there's question about who the father is, right? So that's kind of the custom. Like, your, your nationality came through your mother. And so it just said right here that Timothy was a Jew through mom, and Paul accepted that circumcision. I want to point out a different instance in the Bible, though, and that is Titus. Titus, later on, was a Greek Gentile, and Paul refused him to be circumcised. Why? Why in one instance is Paul with a Jewish person saying, yes, you should be circumcised. And then later on with Titus, a Greek, a Gentile saying, no, you should not be circumcised. Why? I think it's for you and I today. Because things aren't always cut and clear. Things are not always crystal clear in our life. Do you know what to do every single day where you move about your day? Have you ever come into situations and circumstances where you're like, I could do this, I could also do this? And we pointed out a few, a chapter ago, even the apostles got to a place where they were like, it seemed right to the Holy Spirit. Like, it seemed right. Things are not always cut and clear. Life is complex. This is why, church, that we have the Holy Spirit, not the Mishnah. Not all the laws and all the rules that say, do this, do this, do this, do this. Life is so complex, and that's why God, in his graciousness, gave us the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Life is complex. We are complex beings living in a complex world. And I want to ask us as a church, why complex the message? The message is really, really simple. Like, yeah, I've been to seminary. We study the Bible a whole lot. We can geek out. We can cross all our T's and know all our Greek and all our Hebrew. Like, we can dive in, and we should dive into Scripture. We should open up other concordances and commentaries and all the biblical tools and use Blue Letter Bible, that app, or version. Like, we should get busy with Scripture because we should know our Scripture. At the end of the day, don't get lost in your knowledge and your wisdom of Scripture. Like, this really is a simple message. Would you agree? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. So Paul, as he gets in this, he really has to look at the complexities of the situation. Why not Titus? But why is he saying for Timothy, get circumcised? You and I must contextualize. Another big word, right? You and I must contextualize the gospel continually. That means knowing the truth of Scripture, getting busy with Scripture ourselves, studying it and knowing it, and knowing the essence of Scripture, and then walking into our everyday, making it make sense to other people. Sometimes you're going to find yourself in these elite situations with just brilliant people, and the way that you can can contextualize Scripture is go to Greek and go to the Hebrew and talk about complex ideas and thoughts. If you can do that, great. Give me your number. I'll send all those requests to you because I don't like doing that. 
But sometimes you're going to contextualize the, the scripture as you're playing spike ball and you get hurt and something happens and it builds and it's a relationship and someone says a naughty word or whatever it may be. Like you get to enter into that life just as much as the person who was just super brilliant entered into Hebrew and Greek. Like our job is to make sense of the gospel message to a people that it doesn't make sense to. Not to make it so super complex and so hard reaching that no one even wants it. We must enter into the complexities of our day, the day in and out of our lives, and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to give us the right words to say in every situation. The Holy Spirit is going to give us the right actions to live out as we introduce others to this simple gospel message and we introduce the world to this gospel message. And to be wise about it, too. The way that we contextualize the gospel message and take it to our day in and day out, God asks us to be wise. I like this verse because it just makes me sound awesome when I read it. Matthew 10, 16. I didn't write it, by the way. I'll give credit to God for this one. I am, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Wow, that, that's so compelling, convicting for me. Let me read it again. As I am sending you out like sheep among wolves, therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. That doesn't mean go into a situation that requires you to be really intellectual and just dumb everything down. It doesn't mean go into a place where people would not understand Greek and Hebrew and then just start talking Greek and Hebrew. It means you need to be wise about the way that you contextualize the gospel message. It means you need to be led by the Holy Spirit, trusting that when you go to work tomorrow and when you enter into relationships and you run into people at the grocery stores, whatever that may be, you are the only person in the entire world that God has put in that place at that location. Our job is to love God and love others and contextualize the gospel message. Live it out. Speak it. And trust the Holy Spirit's moving in us. Wow, what a big job title, huh? Christian job title. Congratulations, you're all hired. Like, that's our job. Church Project, we started this seven years ago, and there's three words that really drive us, like biblical, simple, relevant. We want to be biblical, everything that we do. That's why we go expository. You know, We also want to be very simple. Like, this is great. Oh, I love this. I love being simple and strapping everything down, but that's really hard to fight for. And it's not just about meeting in a cafeteria, but it's also our theology. Like making our theology, not, not wishy-washy, but super simple. The way that we talk about God, super simple. And then the other thing besides biblical, simple, is relevant. Making it so people can understand what we're actually talking about. Which why is why Paul, whose job, he went to the Jews first. And who is he asking to go along with him? Timothy, Timothy was a Jewish person. He says, hey, our ministry is a Jewish people. It's time for you to be circumcised so that there's no, there's no, they can't look at you and go, you're not even circumcised. Why wouldn't I listen to you? Paul's not saying you have to be circumcised. He's saying our mission is to Jewish people and you are a Jewish person. It's time to get circumcised so that there's no stumbling block as we go out and we minister to people. Is that being as shrewd? I mean, is that being right here? I almost said it backwards. Is that being as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves? Yeah, it's being really wise. I've had to learn this in my life. I remember years ago, my story, I was leading a Bible study of a group of older gentlemen, really wise 
old men of faith, and they wanted me to lead this Bible study. I was like, why am I leading it? I have no idea. But about two or three weeks in, whether I agree with this or not, I'm just saying it's humanity, right? Two or three weeks in, one of the guys pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, this group of men might respect you more if you shaved your face and me." Maybe stopped wearing those pants that were 12 size too big for you, which is why I got these jeans on. Now, but so maybe do I get your respect? Like I don't, I don't. Maybe, I don't want to go crazy on that. Whether I agree with that or not, the fact was this: like, man, all I really had to do is show up. Was was clean up a little bit, put some jeans on, and now I have the attention of the people in the room. Like, there's not a stumbling block. That's wisdom. That's that's wisdom. That's knowing where God has placed you. It's not, it's not going and completely changing who you are, but it's letting the Holy Spirit guide you into that. It would have been really easy for me to wake up five minutes early, shave, and care about the way I looked. And maybe would have made a bigger difference in that Bible study. Just saying, just putting it out there. Agree or not, this is how humans think and react, and Paul lived this. Did he not? Like 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 9, verses 20 through 23. Oh, the... By the way, I love 1 Corinthians 9, and the verses leading up are great, so go read it. Not because I love it, but it's just good. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 20 through 23. This is what Paul says. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like, the, like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. Verse 21. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessing. That's Paul being wise as he contextualized the gospel everywhere that he goes. Which, by the way, it might... If, if, if we end up living bad lives because of this, then I'm sorry. But in verse 21 there, it's, Paul was talking. He said, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. That sounds like a lot of fun. Like, what does that mean? Like, there's a Bible study for you. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but uh, I don't know about that. So go, go look at that one. That was free. Not theology. That was free. Paul did not want anything hindering the spread of the gospel message to the Jewish people first and then to the Gentiles. And so he asked that Timothy would be circumcised. So Titus was circumcised. Side note, here we go again, and Ryan, this is just to go along with you, right? How would they know if they were circumcised? Like, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like... There's a law at the urinal, and for you women, it's maybe too much. You just don't look to the right or to the left when you're at the urinal. Like, and I know how dogs greet each other. Like, I've seen that. My dog is obsessed with that. I mean, but is that like a greeting thing? Like, <laughs> Tyus is like, keep your eyes up here. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just, okay, let's get back. I've really derailed. Ryan, that was for you. <sighs> Verse 4, as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey as the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Why did the church grow in numbers? 
I mean, it's a good question to ask. Why is the church growing in numbers? By the way, our church is growing in numbers. I mean, Church Project literally in Greeley, but I mean the church in America is growing in numbers. Um, the church internationally is exploding in numbers. Like we're, We may not be growing as much as some of the other countries, but we're growing. And it's statistics. And so when people come and they're like, church is dying. No, it's not dying. God is changing it. He's moving it. It's new every day. Like, it's beautiful. It hasn't died in over 2,000 years. You think we're going to be able to kill it? No. Like, it's growing. And so why is the church growing? Well, one, obviously, yes, the Holy Spirit is growing the church. And I also think because Paul was serious about making and training disciples. Right? I mean, look. In verse 4, as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. What does that look like to me? It looks like sitting and teaching. It looks like making disciples. Like Paul and Barnabas, Paul here, was very serious about making and training disciples. And they got busy on purpose making disciples. They lived on mission. We said this quote a couple weeks ago, and I want to say it again. It's a Mike Breen quote, and he says, If we set out to build a church, we don't always get disciples. Uh, But if we set out to make disciples, we always get a church. I'm not okay with just a show. I'm not okay with just a monologue. I'm not even okay with our structure, our structure at Church Project. I mean, our, our mission statement, everything we do is, and read it back there, is what do we do? We make disciples, we meet needs, and we grow churches. Like, that's all we do. We don't do anything beyond that. We um, make disciples, meet needs, and grow churches. That's all we do. I am not even okay with just that structure. Like, the structure itself is there, and it's going to come around us and give us a great scaffolding. I learned that. That's a teacher word. All you teachers, how proud. Yeah, am I right on, Nina? Oh, great scaffolding, and let, and let the word come around it. Like, it's great right there. But we need to get busy making disciples. If you think making disciples is just Sunday morning and listening to me talk, we have a problem. If you think that making disciples is literally even just going to house church and getting into dialogue, we still have a problem. Like, we should break that down even more. We should be sitting one-on-one with someone. We should be getting busy with our theology and our relationships and making disciples. It's all of our jobs, not just my job. It's all of our job. So, as a church, we must stay on mission. Amen? Like, we got to stay making disciples. And as individuals, we must live on mission. I don't know what my calling is is sometimes that a conversation that I'll get into with people you're a pastor that's great but I don't know what God's called me to do like I don't I don't know what my purpose is I don't know what to do you ever thought that here's your purpose wake up and if God gave you that breath that's pretty good all right you're already on purpose task you're already accomplished good wake up love God and love others And whatever it looks like, contextualizing the gospel, wherever you go that day, do it with all your might as you make disciples. Some may never know to come to to know the love of Christ. That's not your job. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to do that. Your job is just to show up wherever you go. The thousands of places, literally, that we will go this week as church project to love God and to love others. It's pretty simple. I love that. 
I get the opportunity just as a pastor and as the church project network, we're growing. There's more churches. We're about to do another one in California. Like, it's, the, it's great. The network is awesome. But I get the opportunity to talk to people that want to go start a church. They feel a calling to go start a church in, in Austin or wherever it may be, right? And one of the things I try to do right away is talk them out of it. Doesn't that sound weird? Doesn't that sound messed up? Like, I, I try to talk people out of starting churches. And, by the way, if you're a new guest, I love church. I, I love what's going on here. Like, I, I love what God's doing. I, I'm happy for what church is doing out here. Um, but this is what I believe. Like, I really believe it. I've said it even for people that come into Church Project as guests. And just, just watch if you've been here for a while. Sometimes guests will come in. And if they talk to me the first Sunday, they're like, I love Church Project. Man, I want to get involved. Like, I love it. Man, God brought me here. Like, 90% chance I will never see you again. Flash in, flash out. Like, I've just learned to ease into your convictions. Let God maturate. Let, 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 let it just grow up in you and mature in you. As you wake up and love God, he's going to show you how to love others. And it's going to mature. I want to, I want to challenge you, church, to ask God to mature you in your convictions. Because you are a pastor. You are a minister. It is our job to live on mission. And so we need you. We desperately need you. I'll, I'll be personal and selfish I stink and need you. I need you to lead me. Because God has put greatness in you. And as a church, don't just consume. As a church, contribute. Live life on mission wherever you go. So ease into your convictions. Ask if you have the capacity to do what God's calling you to do. Because he may be giving you a conviction, but you might not have the capacity right now. You may need to maneuver some things in your life. You may need to wait. Like Lauren and I, we just kicked Zoe out of the house. She's gone. Woohoo! I love you, girl. Oh, it's sad. We have, we have more capacity than we've had before. And as my youngest daughter will graduate in two years and I kick her out, oh, it's sad. I'll have even more capacity to do stuff. So God may already be planning something in my heart today that's something that's not going to mature for four years from now. And i got to believe the same for all of us. Like, ease into your convictions. Ask if you have the capacity. And if those things line up, gosh dang it, we got a calling. And we got something worth living our life for. Waking up and loving others. I'm really excited this last week was... For, we celebrated, which we didn't celebrate, but it was, it was the week that marked the four-year wedding anniversary of Jacob's Well Church and Church Project. Were you here? Were you, were you part of that? When the two churches, usually you hear of church splits, like, but four years ago, what happened? Like, God brought together Jacob's Well, and he brought together Church Project, and that was four years ago. Can you believe that? I'm so excited for what God's done with us and what he's going to continue to do for us. Um, not for us. Well, yeah, for us and with us and use us to do. But church, I'm super excited to be in this with you. Be wise. As you contextualize the gospel everywhere that you go, it's going to look different every day. That's about it. Let me pray for us. God, 
I thank you for these five verses. I thank you for giving us permission to be led by you. To be okay with a complex world and a complex people. And us as being complex. I thank you that you give us this simple gospel message to love you and to love others. God, I pray for all of us right now that in our hearts and in our minds, you'll stir something up in us. Maybe for some of us, as we sit here, God, convict us. Like, just, say, just ask us, hey, when was the last time you actually read the Bible? And, and not like a reading plan and devotional, but my word. Like, when was the last time you sat in silence and just, you would abide in me and listen to me? God, I pray for all of us that even in this moment, we would sit in silence. We would give you room and permission to speak over the noise of text messages and schedules and work and everything. God, even in this moment, let's just sit and let you speak to our heart. Please quiet down the complexities of our life. Slow our mind down. Let us not run from point A to B to C to D. But let us be led by your Holy Spirit as we love you and love others. God, wake us up to be people led by you God wake us up to be people that take our orders from you kill any doubt kill any excuses and let us become people that do because of who you are and who we are In this moment, church, just continue to sit in silence. Ask God to speak to you the way only he would. Just have a conversation with him. You can be real. He can take it. Maybe you find yourself far from God or you're not even sure why you were here today. I just believe that God can reveal that to you individually to every one of us. So God, we ask you to reveal yourself to us today. Show us who you are and show us who we are in you. And church, let's stand and just worship God because of who he is.